Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Woodward's Filmcast, your uh, weekly dose of film talk at woodwardsdetroit.com. My name's Kale Davidoff, and I'm here as I am every week with my friends... Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Every week, we uh, we all three of us see a movie and we congregate here uh, and to talk about the movie that we saw and have a roundtable discussion about it. This week, we saw Marvel's Ant Man, um, and we will get to that discussion in a bit. But we start off every show with some movie headlines. Um, you know, we are a movie podcast, but we're technically a movie and, and TV podcast too, especially with the uh, the blurred line that those two mediums are uh, media are nowadays. Um, Colin, uh, the Emmys are coming up, and the the nominations were released, correct? Yeah, yeah I think last early last week. Right. So um, that's kind of a big news uh, point of interest this week. Uh, what, what do you? I'm not a, I'm not a huge uh, watcher of TV as it currently airs, but um, you guys are. What 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 do you gather from the uh, Emmy nominations? Yeah, it seems like the Emmys are finally catching up with the rest of. TV audience. What do you mean by that? As far as things getting nominated, that at least the, the people, people are actually people watching. I talk to and things that are critically well recepted are finally getting its due in the Emmys. Um, what are some examples from the, the nominations this year? Well, I think it's more telltale things that weren't nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like The Big Bang Theory and Jim Parsons, who is who both things are perennial nominees. This year, neither nominee. So Jim it, Parsons it, has won it, I is, think, two or three times. Too. Is it like less network stuff now and more like HBO? Definitely. And is, no. Am, is Amazon and getting or and anything Netflix, in these? Netflix. Netflix getting, are mm-hmm. they getting Netflix, nominations? Uh, uh, Netflix uh, with Orange is the New Black. Uh, House of Cards. House of Cards. And uh, I know Vincent D'Onofrio got a nomination for Daredevil. Did he? Yeah, right? Nice. Um, I know that... Um, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was... Sh- Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt. Schmidt. <laughs> Kimmy Schmidt. I'm keeping that in. The That's Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was nominated for uh, Best Comedy. And if you haven't watched that, I recommend watching that. That'll be... Uh, before we get into our Netflix recommendations, that's a great show. So, And um, Transparent with Amazon getting nominated. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, a show I it's on Netflix I've never seen. Bloodline uh, got a few nominations oh, okay. cool. as well. I have seen that either. There's too much to watch. So anything, any what's anything really surprising, or anything of note? I know that Game of Thrones kind of ran the table. Yeah, in nominations, Game of Thrones right? leads all the nominations with 24. Now they've been on for f- four seasons. What season is this? This is the fifth. Fifth. That so was, is that, that is that normal for them? Do they usually get every nomination? Or they get a lot of technical right. nominations. Uh, this year, three of their actors were nominated. Yeah. Oh, cool. And Peter Dinklage has been nominated. I think the past three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what surprised me the most, I think, is Amelia Clark was nominated, and I think she's terrible in that show. So she's um, good. I think. <laughs> Wait, but it doesn't. It doesn't sound like you're raving for her to get nominated. I mean, I didn't think she had that dynamic of a season to warrant a nomination, though. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean. Lena Headley uh, as Cersei definitely deserves a nomination. Yeah, yeah. She had great work this season. Mm-hmm. Another uh, thing that surprises me is uh, there's a lot of uh, respect going out to comedy shows. Um, and I think it's just because Comedy Central's programming has gotten so much better in the past like two or three years. Um, Drunk History was nominated. Uh, Key and Peel, Inside Amy Schumer. Um just a bunch of shows that are very funny that deserve recognition and um yeah 
I think, and we mentioned earlier that Paul Giamatti was nominated for a uh, like guest actor star in a comedy series for his uh, role as one of the jurors in uh, the Twelve Angry Men yeah, skit Amy Schumer, and Amy right. Schumer, where, where they were arguing about whether uh, Amy Schumer was fuckable or not, and uh, I that was a great skit. So. Yeah, that was a funny skit. I don't really watch that show, but um, um. I can't wait. To, sorry, I can't say I watched that show, but that skit was really funny. I want to correct myself. Vincent Nafri was not nominated for an Emmy. He was nominated for some other award. I guess that's the. I guess it's a big. I was just reading on a quick Google that that's like a big thing. People were like, "See, it's a snub kind of thing." Like people were just kind of surprised that he didn't get nominated for best supporting in a drama role or something. I don't. You know, I don't really follow Emmys that much. I don't know. You know, there's so much to choose from. I guess every year. Yeah. So it's like is, yeah. hard to, and that's basically the only current show I've watched besides True Detective and stuff. But, um, and it's, I mean, that's, that's a freshman year show. Uh, yeah. And it's, and it's our, I mean, you have Mad Men, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, House of Cards, all perennial nominees. It's really hard to break into. Right. To and that. Uh, I was saying it's probably going to be Mad Men's year. You should, the Emmys likes to reward a show after it's not unlike the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like longer true. careers and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Um, so they they like to reward like last year or was it the year before that was all Breaking Bad, and I feel like this year it's gonna be, it's gonna be John Hamm, it'll be um, I want to say Peggy Olson. What's her name? Elizabeth Moss. And uh, yeah, I feel like they're gonna get the awards they finally deserve. Yeah, cool. Caleb would be nice, nice for you to know. Um, Ben Mendelsohn, nominated for um, Bloodline. My, my boy, Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> nice. He's on? yeah. What the hell is going on here? He he he's gonna get a, a an Oscar for Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. Yeah, gonna, we. Um, yeah. <laughs> do, it, we should put that soundbite of him saying "What the hell is going on" in, in the, the show intro? in the intro. Yeah, maybe we should. Because <laughs> we're it's my, that's fa- like, it's my favorite <laughs> line of all time in the history of cinema. Um. Does anyone watch Better Call Saul? I, mean, I, watched, I watched Breaking Bad, but I never oh, seen. Better I watched Call like Saul. the first four episodes, and then I got distracted with a bunch of other stuff and stopped watching it. Okay. Watching TV is hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a tough time, but the, but then the problem is, is that I, I get, you know, I still am not through Breaking Bad. I've not, I've not watched any what? Game of Thrones. Like, what? I just I get caught behind to a point where like there's so much to catch up on that like. I don't know, man. It's a commitment. I don't know. Yeah. TV is difficult. It is difficult. It's, it's But it's like one of those things where you start watching it, and if you like it, you don't stop. Yeah, and that's sort of the great thing about Netflix is, you know, you can just watch it all in a matter of a few days. Yeah. That's why. That's the only yeah. time I ever watch shows. Where that's well, the way I watch Daredevil, you yeah. know? Well, that was the thing. Like, before I watched Breaking Bad, I mean, I didn't start watching Breaking Bad until the last season. And you caught it up every, all on Netflix. Yeah. And every time I was like, I don't know. It just looks so dark, and I I'm not really in the mood for you know being so depressed and like scared when I'm watching a show for characters. But once I started watching, I finished it within a week and a half. Right. <laughs> like, oh one God. day, guys. One <laughs> day, I'll, the I'll, I'll get it. I'll get into it. Okay. Well, cool. Any other uh, Emmy thoughts? Do you guys have uh, a who are you rooting for? I I like to see Game of Thrones get a win. Uh, I don't think this season was as strong as last season, um, but I mean they still have a few more seasons to go, and they have time to finally win an award. Mad Men, while I do think it is going to end up cleaning up, 
I think it won like five years in a row for best drama series, which is just like such like a spoil of riches. Like it's a good show. We we get it. We don't need to reward it five years in a row. Right. But I'm all for John Hamm winning. I don't think he's won yet. Yeah. Yeah, he's funny. What are you rooting for, Mitch? <laughs> he's he's you, a great you're, actor. You're, 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 I mean, you're rooting for Mad Men, I would, right? I, well, you know, Mad Men is tough because that's another show that's like, oh, I, I, that's the one where I got I to gotta buckle down and watch it because I've seen the first, like, two and a half seasons and then, you know, like I said, stuff, get, stuff gets in the way. And um, I know, like, John Hamm uh, is, like, comedic work and he's really funny and I yeah. think he's a great actor and... Um, I would like to see him win for, you know, the role that, you know, gave him fame, right. gave him stardom. He's also nominated for Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, he is. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, cool. Double He's nominee. hilarious in that show. <laughs> really is. I, I've seen him in 30 Rock. He's really funny in that. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get that far into Kimmy Schmidt yet. But um, I think he's only in like the last two episodes. But I liked Kimmy Schmidt a lot. I just haven't I tell you, buckled down and watched Have it. I ever told you a story um, when I was living in L.A.? I went to a um, premiere party for um, Children's Hospital and NTSF SD SUV, which was done by their production company, Abominable yeah, right, Pictures, because right. um, my roommate uh, works for them and worked for them. He still does. And we went to this thing at this really cool theater, and there were tons of stars there. Like, it was the first time I saw any celebrities when I lived in L.A., and I saw all of them. Uh, John Hamm, like, Malin Ackerman, a bunch of people, and... I'm like in line for popcorn and a bunch of people are talking and chatting and stuff. And I turn around and like, I see it. We, I like lock eyes with this guy and it's John Hamm. <laughs> John Hamm has like this huge bushy beard. Uh, and it took me like, I did a double take and like looked at it, like, Oh, and just turned around. Cause it, it is so awkward. I, I cannot imagine being a celebrity yeah, just in public because everyone is staring at you and i looked around and i saw people like across the room staring at him it's like yeesh i I will not look at you anymore sir i'll just buy my popcorn and move on (laughs) it's a good like thing when you're like when you're like in between that level of fame where like i heard judd apatow do a stand-up the other day and he was saying the best part about being judd apatow is when people come up to me and they say are you judd apatow i can say no and then they just walk away (laughs) because they don't really recognize him that much Yeah. yeah Well, cool. Let's. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about the Emmys as it gets closer, and maybe I can catch up on some of these shows while I'm at it. Um, that's in the end of September. Yep, right? September. So it's about a month from now. The twentieth. Twentieth is the twenty third of August as we record. Or what is it's it? July. It's July. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Two months. <laughs> it's two months from now. Uh, and anyways, uh, it's just so hot in here that I like I can't think right. Um, these are the dog days of summer. Uh, we, the, the, I think the other the kind of biggest quote unquote news this week. There seem to be a lot of trailers released that are that are uh, creating a, a bunch of buzz. Um, the four of note that we uh, would like to talk about: uh, the uh, David O. Russell uh, movie Joy that has a trailer out now. Uh, the Revenant, um, Inaritu, is that how you say his yeah. name? Something in, like in that. Or Inarito, Inarito. Uh, from of Birdman fame, uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie Revenant released a trailer this week, and also the Good Dinosaur, uh, the, the new Pixar. Pixar movie coming out. 
And uh, the new James Bond movie that I, you know, I think a lot of people seem to have forgotten about, Spectre, kind of made a splash this week. It wasn't a lot of build-up to this trailer, but it, it got released and everyone was kind of talking about it on the internet. So I guess I want to go around and uh, out of these four trailers that came out this week, just what, what they had, which one of these, I think they're all very good, well-done trailers, if anything. Um, I wanted to see which one got you guys the most excited. Um, most excited, I would say James Bond bond spectre um that got me the most excited there was a lot of stuff in that that made me go whoa cool like i cannot wait you know right um another i mean the revenant all i kind of had that same feel because it looked really great and um and the story it's based off of is pretty insane now my thing with the revenant and especially that last sentence that you just said what's interesting about the trailer itself is I have no idea what's going on. Now, it looks amazing, and mm-hmm. you can tell that there's a potential for an amazing movie there, but I, I without reading about it, I had I was just very confused the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the trailer that comes across a little bit more teasery than it did official first trailer. Yeah. But it, there's it's not much the, dialogue. No, there's it, nothing really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is. Like it did get me excited. Obviously. Oh, and absolutely. obviously, this is, you know, speaking of nominations, this is one of those... You know, there's 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 an obvious intention in this movie to get Leonardo DiCaprio an Oscar nomination and hopefully a, finally a win. You know, that's obviously what's trying to happen here. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I'm just I, it was again, it looks great, but it just also is like, I just what's going on? I don't even know what's happening in this movie. Yeah. It's very confusing. I think the trailer at least, but reading about it, it seems like an interesting movie. Um, did the Revenant was that the one that got you most excited? Yeah, definitely. Just because. You have Emmanuel Lebetsky behind camera again, mm-hmm. who is right. consistently gave us some of the best looking movies within maybe the last twenty years, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and the the camera work looks yeah, like, it's, it's like insane. Exactly. In this trailer, yeah. like yeah. that's the it's most impressive hell, part yeah. besides the beard. Yeah, which I think it's real. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's true. I think because I saw him in a picture. I think it is a real beard. Most of it. I mean, they have beard extensions, but and it's also kind of like, you know, what's interesting about this trailer? It's, it's like, and especially since it's July, it's the transition, right? From like, okay, blockbuster years coming to an end and, um, you know, Oscar season. Got to get is that can- Oscar campaign underway. So it is, I mean, it has begun. It is like presidential campaigns. Yeah. It kind of, it starts earlier every year or every. The, the trailer reminded, the trailer reminded me of, um, the new world. Uh, Malik's film oh, that came out back yeah. in, a long time ago. Yeah, two thousand four-ish, five. Uh, yeah, also shot by Lubeski. Um, and that's what it reminded me of. Kind of reminded, it kind of reminded me of like, uh, have you guys seen uh, The Gray? No, I haven't. Kind of looks good, like though. The Gray meets The Road. <laughs> Like visually and yeah, story okay. wise, like okay. it, it's right. This is about a bears that like eat people, right? Isn't well, it? it's about. I forget the guy's name, but it's about a frontiersman, a very famous frontiersman, who was on an expedition to explore the Missouri River mm-hmm. in the Dakotas, I believe. And he was scouting ahead when he was mauled by a bear. And then the um, a few of his friends came up, you know, fellow expeditioners came up, uh, killed the bear. He was unconscious to the point, like mauled to the point where... Um, there was huge, there were huge holes and scrapes in his back and his ribs were showing and he, you know, he, they thought he was dead. Um, but they wanted to make sure. So they kept, they left two guys there to wait. And then, um, there, they claim that they were attacked by Indians, um, like an Indian tribe and left and they took all of his gear, his guns, his shoes, I believe. And they just took like the bear hide. They cleaned the bear and, um, 
they took the bear hide and covered him with it. They didn't have time to dig a dig up a grave for him, and he wakes up like a couple hours later with like nothing. And okay. he then he then um, this is a true story. He then trekked back like two hundred miles by himself with nothing but a like bear hide to keep him warm. Interesting. He laid on a rotten log to let the maggots eat his uh like dying flesh it's insane it's a great story i'm i i'm looking forward to it but I'm doesn't he like go on like the revenge plot i don't to, like know. kill the guys who i don't left know him for dead? i don't know if that is part of it or if that's Maybe like that's a, sensa- a sensationalized yeah. or anything i have no idea well but, interesting i mean i wish i would have got a little of that from the trailer <laughs> there's a bear there's a bear there's the a trailer. bear you see the bear <laughs> is start there a bear the yeah trailer? there's a quick shot of the bear like Let's lunging at fucking him intense yeah it looks scary <laughs> But that, that that scene where they're sh- like fighting the um, I don't know what tribe it is, yeah, but the Native weird. American tribes is pretty intense. I I have a feeling that's going to be one of those like long like single take yeah. shots right, yeah, that he's yeah, famous right, for. Yeah. Right. Um. So. But oh well, let's get to the. We keep hearing these news stories about um, like anecdotes of what the sh- the set life was like on this film, and apparently it was like a living hell. Like cameras were being frozen. Oh, I mean, I'm not even yeah. sure. I mean, extras, it looks like they're in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Yeah, I extras mean. were like really cold and just things weren't working. And you know, sometimes that brings Helps out film, great yeah. art. Yeah, it sometimes does. it brings oh, out. Oh, I see art. the bear. I'm looking at the. I'm like frame by frame looking for this bear. There yeah. it is. There it is. <laughs> it's literally less than a second. That's crazy. Yeah. I'll say that Spectre kind of like I, I, I'm. We've talked about it before. Like we were, I think we we're all a little like underwhelmed, underwhelmingly not excited for this new Bond movie for whatever reason. I think we all were like kind of like uh, I don't know. The the first teaser trailers were kind of weak, I guess, and didn't really explain much. And there was like this talk of like the the script leak, and people said it sucks and like all this stuff. And anyways. I don't know. I was just kind of blown away by the trailer. It was like a very surprising trailer to me because it seems like they're going, they're like, very, they're obviously trying to do things for the fans. It's really weird. Like they have like Sean Connery's like white uh, tux from Goldfinger. Basically, it's almost the same tux on Daniel Craig. You know, um, Christoph Waltz is obviously Blofeld. I mean, like the the, the old bad guy who's based off Doctor Evil or Doctor Evil's based off of like. He's dressed like him. It's really—I like, mean—they're the they're trying to act like he's not Blofeld, but like it's like obviously he is. And I think that there, there's also like a music cue in the trailer for Minor Majesty's Secret Service, which is like the George Lazenby, the guy who played Bond once. That was his movie. So there's all these like very like fan things in this movie that like I'm really excited about, and it made, made me really happy to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that like I mean like Christoph Waltz is like. I think if anything, if this movie sucks, people are gonna love it because of him. I think it's. Just, I think he has that kind of gravitas, and and it doesn't matter if the script is terrible. I think people are gonna be like, "Well, it was just fun watching him on screen." Yeah. So that got me most excited. Yeah, that was kind of how I felt about Skyfall. Um, With Javier Bardem. Yeah, Javier yeah. Bardem. I think a lot of people like, felt that yeah, way too. Yeah, he's my favorite. Yep. Right, like he was like kind of the best part of that film, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. No. No. He was good. I have, I have. That was a great all-around movie. Yeah, I, I have. Incredible. I have geek problems with with Skyfall. Not like film problems, but like it wasn't. It wasn't a. I, it wasn't I, a very. It wasn't I hated. Like any I hated other that. One. I hated that they they said they like explicitly showed Bond's parents and family and shit. 
I, I wanted that in the books. All that's explained, and it's the same names and all that stuff, which is fine. Mm-hmm. In the movie series, though, it's been very like, you know, I've kind of loved the fan theory all these years that it's James Bond's a code name. It's not a person, and they kind of, even if that's not true, it's fun to have that up to the imagination. And Skyfall kind of just like erased all of that. They're like, nope, this is a real guy, and this is this is real name, and this he has a real past. And like it's kind of like it does it's, that, it's kind but of it like doesn't when, really explain it. It just kind of shows it. No, but I have I got a theory about this. I think that this next movie is gonna really. I think I think Christoph Waltz has some sort of relationship to James Bond that is gonna reveal mm. a lot of stuff about his past. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, you know that that uh, I am the author of all your pain, Mister Bond. Ian Fleming. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ian Fleming. Yes, <laughs> I am Ian Fleming. <laughs> um. The one thing that stood out the most to me in that trailer was that helicopter stunt. Oh my god! Yeah. I've never seen a helicopter do that before and in my life, I've and I don't know it, if it's a real. I've watched or... it twenty thousand times. That I mean, not the trailer, but that little part. I like mm-hmm. literally yesterday. I wrote a blog about the trailer, and I watched it over and over. I swear to God, it's real. It's got. It doesn't be. look CG. It looks real. Here's my problem: real or not, I hope it doesn't succumb to, like that's just an obscene ridiculous scene that could never happen because I don't know if you guys recall in quantum of solace, this whole thing where like he jumps out of an airplane of like 40,000 feet and like survives. And like, I-, I hate that stuff, you know, like try to keep it grounded. Not- I, don't, I don't think Sam Mendes would I allow that. I think he kept it so grounded for skyfall. I agree. Transition. Into and I think it. that he might find the balance because I don't think the action scenes in skyfall were that incredible. I think that he's probably pushing the limits in this next one, which is a good sign. Like, the plane scene when the 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 snow looked really cool, and then also the the Jaguar Aston Martin chase scene between Dave Bautista and James Bond. I think it's gonna be yeah. awesome. Like I cannot wait. Yeah, Bautista. Well, I, lo- I love the opening thing in um, Skyfall. Yeah, that, that the opening did. the opening was great. No, yeah, Istanbul yeah. was incredible. Yeah. but I think the rest of the, I think that's the problem with I had with that was that was the best fight scene of the whole movie. And then you know that whole like Home Alone thing at the end at, at Skyfall the house, you know, where like mm-hmm. they're setting traps was like fun, but like. It's not what I'm expecting from a James Bond movie, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah you're Chris right. Columbus was directing, and maybe it would be like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I like Skyfall. I just think that I, th- I think that my problem. I'm like bitter with Skyfall because I think Casino Royale is a, is a way better movie, and I think that no one ever it didn't when Casino Royale came out, no one gave it the credit it was due back then. I think people watch it now and they're like, yeah. I think I think the people knew it was a good no. Bond movie. I think people never look at that movie and they're like, "This is a really good movie." Movie. No, and I get you. I think the script's really good. Yeah, it's a really good movie. And but I, that one, that Casino Royale, doesn't have any real standout action sequence. The parkour sequence at the in beginning the beginning, of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the the scene where he's chasing the guy in the airport and he attaches the bomb to him and all that stuff. Like oh, there yeah, was just the keychain. It was like really really well done. Um, and then the the the, the thing the sinking the sinking house in Venice like that was incredible. Oh, yeah. Vesper gets trapped. Yeah. I mean that was I don't know. I I, I think I, I, the, no, parts I, I, I the parts I really liked about Casino Royale were the non-action parts. Yeah, no, yeah, but, no, but that's what's... That's like a... So that's like, well. I know, I love... I love the relationship between Eva Green and Daniel Craig is like... I haven't... Mm-hmm. There's few, like, romantic relationship... Chemistry on, on screen in the last decade that I like better than that one, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. But. Yeah, and there's the action scene in the stairwell with those guys. Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, that's a great one, too. Yeah, that one's I mean, good. But, like, I think it's a testament to the characters that you push all those cool action scenes down i think it's a yeah. it's like yeah. a testament to the script and the acting yeah because the the scenes like playing poker were 
amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's so much tension. Have you guys noticed, though, too, that it seems that Daniel Craig has, like, aged a lot in the last nine years. Did you notice that in the trailer? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a decade. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's a decade, but, like, he's, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's... It, it's different. It's a different kind of age. I don't. I'm not criticizing the guy. Like I, what, I don't want him to like, you know, get plastic surgery and look younger. I think he looks great. Like I think he looks grizzled and old, and like that's what they're going for. But it's just fascinating. I mean, um, Pierce Brosnan was 52 when he did uh, Die Another Day, the, like the shitty last one. But I, I, he just like it, Pierce Brosnan was one of those guys who just kind of always looked that age i think and like sean connery kind of always looked that age like throughout his bond years and i don't know it's just like it's like a completely he looks just looks different i don't know it's i mean it. i do wonder if they're maybe harshening him up a little yeah bit i wonder because too. it's the because end of his yeah bond well, that's what they're talking about yeah. Yeah. yeah which i'm okay with um but remember when they picked daniel craig and they were people were so pissed off because he was blonde and i'll say though too that the blonde thing too i mean that you, you i think no no works. no I, I mean I, I don't give a shit about that like yeah. who cares what i mean i, I would like idris elba to be blonde. Like, i don't of care course. what skin color or what hair he yeah. is it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter to me but the thing about blonde hair is it does like it thins out you know or, like it looks like it's thinning earlier than mm-hmm. it is sometimes because it's lighter so maybe like he looks a little Looks a little gray going He's on. He's got, like, uh, wispy baby hair. Yeah, he does. He's got, like... <laughs> and he runs really weird. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, but that's his thing. He runs. That's his thing. That's his James Bond thing. He runs. Yeah. He just... He runs. That's his thing. Because people would run. <laughs> he, runs like, he runs, like, straight up, though. There's no, like... <laughs> his back just perfectly postured. It's hilarious. It's like finely tailored suit. Yeah. Keeps him... <laughs> Um, let's get to, before we get to Ant-Man, let's like, cover a little bit of news that we didn't really get to last week for whatever reason. This happened a while ago. It, it, I think it happened the week after we said that Ava DuVernay was going to do the Black Panther Marvel movie. After that, almost right Im- immediately, she said, uh, no. Because uh, no. <laughs> she said we didn't see eye to eye, which yeah. is, and I think it's a, <clears throat> it's a good segue going into Ant-Man mm-hmm. because, of course, uh, not only is Black Panther and Ant-Man, you know, they're similar in the sense that they're characters that people don't know and they're important movies to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but that they are also movies that had to, um, each movie had big directors attached to them. And each director, Edgar Wright for Ant-Man and Ava DuVernay for Black Panther, decided to drop out because of creative differences. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's another fascinating, like, Marvel empire is, are they too controlling kind of thing? And you know that sort of junk. Um, I, I, it's, it just sucks because I think we were both, we were all three of us were excited to see Ava DuVernay not only take on a superhero movie, but you know Black Panther seemed like a really cool opportunity for her, and it was a cool opportunity for Marvel to get a female director on board. So um, I don't know. We'll see who who's going to helm that movie, mm-hmm. and I wonder. You know, you gotta wonder the reception that Ant Man's getting, whether or not that'll affect the, just the production of that movie at all. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Any thoughts on Ava? Not really. There's not much. I mean, I, I I think it was Entertainment Weekly that posted like the main interview with her. I loved what she was saying about her having the chance to, since the Marvel movies are so worldly recognized, to leave her mark and her signature on a superhero of color and have her name be synonymous with, you know, the first one like this. Yeah. It's just really unfortunate that, I mean, what it sounded like in that article was she wanted to do something with it and Marvel was not having that. (laughs) Right. And we, and we know, I mean, from Selma, that like, you know, she's willing to do controversial 
things or or make controversial statements in her films, even if they're about historical um, figures. So, I mean, who knows what, what they didn't see eye to eye on. I have a news story we also forgot. Um, uh, about uh, two weeks ago, week and a half ago, uh, a great actor died uh, named Omar Sharif. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about Omar Sharif. Yeah. Omar Sharif died. He was um, Dr. Zhivago, and he was also... Uh, in Lawrence of Arabia, mm-hmm. and he was in uh, Top Secret. He was in. He was great and in Top Secret. And he's really funny in Top Secret. Yeah. Um, just a really great uh, Egyptian actor, um, which you know it's kind of a shame. I mean, yeah, he was old, but he was very, very, very good, and I love him in Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, and Top Secret. And Top Secret. He's. I mean, he's honestly awesome in Top Secret. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to. Uh, Omar, Omar Sharif. You know, another one of my favorite moments of... This is, so, Top Secret, another Jim Abrams movie, yeah. like part of that, that group is, is Hot, part, Hot Shots Part Deux. Mm-hmm. A lot of it takes place in, in like a, a faux Iraq area yeah. of the world. And uh, the, throughout the, um, the movie, the, the Arabic characters in the movie will speak fake Arabic. Like, they'll say, Karim Avanyan. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and there's a there's a part of the movie where one of them get like hits gets hit in the head or like sees an explosion and goes Omar Sharif. <laughs> and I always, I just always thought that was really funny yeah, and like a, a good nod to him. So, um, so yeah, to Omar Sharif. R.I.P. Cheers. So that about does it for uh, for headlines this week. Um, as I said at the beginning of the show, every every week we see a movie and get together and discuss it uh, for the, the the meat and potatoes of our show. Um, this week, as we said, we saw Marvel's Ant-Man um, came out this this week. Uh, it's the second Marvel movie we've discussed. The first was Age of Ultron, um, which at the time was the biggest uh, box office movie of the year. And since then is Jurassic World. And um, this weekend, although Ant-Man did win at the box office, it, it was the smallest uh, weekend um, gross yeah, domestic uh, intake of box office since the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I thought it was. Kind of, I mean, I just think that I think it's been kind of surprising. I think it's uh, maybe it might be telling. I don't know necessarily for Marvel, but maybe maybe people are just um, overrun with blockbusters this year. It's been, it's been a, like a big year for big movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it started with Mad Max and Age of Ultron and Jurassic World and now Ant Man. Um, Terminator. Which in the the fun in Terminator, which kind of flopped as well. I mean, this didn't flop. Let's make no mistake. This made fifty million or whatever. Yeah, it's it not, a flop. not a flop. It's not all flopping. It's also one of Marvel's um, least expensive movies that they've ever made. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's the least expensive movie, um, and I think a lot of that shows up in the film. And, but I think, but I think for good. We'll talk about it. Um, let's we'll go around and do first impressions and just kind of like. You know, uh, overall thoughts, and then we'll get into some spoiler discussion. Mitch, you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, so this movie, when I first heard about it, uh, Edgar Wright was tied to it. That right. was over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And um, the day that he announced that he was leaving due to creative differences, I I was very like upset and sad because uh, he, from what I recall, came to Marvel with the idea. He pitched the Ant-Man idea to Marvel. And, you know, if you know Edgar Wright's work, I mean, he has like an impeccable track record of films and TV. Um, and and, and I a was distinct, just, in a distinct style. A distinct style sure. of visual comedy. And right. he would have done great. Um, if you've seen Scott Pilgrim, you know 
that and and hot fuzz you know that he can do action he can comedy do action for sure really well um so he left and then they they brought on adam mckay and um peyton reed peyton reed sorry peyton reed and it was like okay yeah all right, all right yeah i was still on board just because you know it's still kind of edgar wright's script and these guys are funny as well um so i was going in with not low expectations but different expectations than what i was hoping um and i i like the movie mm-hmm. i i i do like ant-man i i enjoyed it um but i have i have individual problems with it um that mainly resort or mainly fall into the category of it didn't do enough to state it's like tone and its personality early on and it wasn't until the third act that we saw like what this movie could have been throughout the entire thing and because the the last half of the movie was great i laughed you know i was into it the first half was very um not laborious but very it was slow It, it, it took a while to get moving and you know, it wasn't until like the training montage that you get halfway through where I was like in it for sure and excited to see it move forward. Colin? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> no, I was I saw this movie last night and I was thinking like, how am I gonna say something about this without sounding or being too harsh on it? I just was not feeling this movie. Uh I don't know. I think what Mitch was saying with it, it has a very slow, laborious first and pretty much second act, too, Mm. that it's just, it's so weird. I don't know. I was, I couldn't have been less entertained in a movie. Wow. And I think, and we'll get into all this, I'm sure. I'm just trying to get my initial thoughts on it. I think they did an awful job mixing the seriousness and the comedy of it to me none of the jokes landed i didn't laugh at all i mean it's a movie about a guy who's fucking working with ants and it's like it's ridiculous and this movie is so self-serious that it's i don't know i'm not into it not into it at all Okay, I don't know. I I I loved it. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of the genre. Maybe that helps me. But I, I I think Mitch for sure, maybe more than you. I was really pissed when Edgar Wright got out of it, and I kind of dismissed this movie for a long time until I saw the trailers, and I kind of came around to being like, because basically in the trailers it was like, okay, Paul Rudd looks really funny in this movie, and like looks like he could be good, and I. I mean, I don't know, Colin. I, I thought it was really funny. Like, I was laughing a lot. I don't know. I thought I thought Michael Pena stole the show. Like, right. I thought he was really, really funny. He was funny. very funny. I thought even T.I., who was kind of probably just thrown in there because it's like they were in a, they shot it in Atlanta, and I'm sure that they were like, hey, T.I., why don't you come out here and, you know. Be, be a, the token black guy. Be the token black guy, yeah. <laughs> Who appears um, every once in a while. Yeah, even his, like, small parts were I thought were really, really funny. Um I, I the, my favorite part of this movie besides it's just sheer originality. I mean, you, which which is which is brushing you in the wrong way. Like you're you're having a clash with like kind of the ridiculousness. I'm like enjoying it, right? Because it's kind of like the opposite of the Hulk, right? And I think that that's really cool because it's the opposite of the Hulk in a couple of reasons, right? Where like he gets smaller, obviously, but it's more like 
he, his powers come from like serenity rather than when he's angry, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. It's like a it's like a, a little opposite twist on both of them, um, both the characters. But I, what I loved about this movie, especially is all the look and look. Even as a fan of the genre, there's too many of these superhero movies. There just are. I mean, it's getting to a point where like you worry, especially for Marvel, that the next one you see is just gonna be utter shit. Which this might have been for you. I, it wasn't for me, and I don't think it was for most people. I mean, I think I don't people, think it was other I people, shit. I think people liked it. Like people enjoyed it. I mean, obviously they didn't go out in droves and see it like they did Jurassic World or Age of Ultron. But what I liked about it was that it was it was like localized. <laughs> like he's not saving the world. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was in great. a way he's saving the world. In a way, I he's think saving at the world. At one point, he even says, no, 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 "I'm no. here to save the world." <laughs> yeah, but I know, I know what you mean. The stakes, the stakes are not immediate. It, indirectly, yes, they don't want this technology to get out in the world, and then they have to fight a million of these guys in New York, mm-hmm. right? But the the movie itself is like the, the, the final battle takes place in his house, and yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I also think that like that scene for me too was just like. The whole scene was genius. I thought the editing was genius. I thought the mm-hmm. the comedy hits in that scene were like amazing. Yeah, you know, I just everything about it was pretty awesome. I mean, that was my favorite part though. It was like it was it was a personal story. I mean, yes, he's saving the world, quote unquote. He's he's you know, but really, what he's doing is really just for redemption for his daughter. It's not about it's not about stopping aliens from destroying New York. Or it's not about stopping a nuclear bomb from going off. Which is just like. It's not the Loki pokey stick from eight, from Avengers, right? It's not. <laughs> it's not just an all powerful source that's gonna destroy everyone. Yeah. I don't know. That's that was my favorite part about it. And I in Peyton Reed, um, I, I I am like I love Yes Man for some reason. I don't know why. I think that movie's hilarious. And I saw a lot of that comedy come out. So while Edgar Wrightness fell away from this movie, there was another. I did see Peyton Reed's stamp on this movie. You still saw glimpses and of saw Edgar glimpses, Wright. You for sure too. saw glimpses of Edgar Wright. And I think in the in the fighting, I of think course. It, like that was a lot of him. And yeah. you saw it because there was test footage of this when he first got on. And this whole idea that he gets small and the and then you know like the Falcon scene where he's fighting Anthony Mackie, I thought it was really cool, right? Because the, the idea that he can get into your your like wings and yeah. like you know Just break them, you and you're yep. screwed. Like, well, how do you fight that? Like, it's kind of cool. Yeah, well, th- that's that's the first scene where I was like, oh, like this is what could be like this movie. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that happens. You know, about <laughs> more halfway than halfway through, through your movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took a while to get to that. Get point. the mechanics of like how like innovative these action sequences could be. Right, and. By then, you're. I think. I, mean, in, I think you're checked well, out. Well, I think in terms of pacing, I mean, a lot of people are comparing this movie in general to the first Iron Man. It's kind of the same thing, right? Where like he, I, you don't I see the that. Iron Man suit until like fifty minutes into that movie. Yeah, I can see that. But that's fine because that's you know your first Marvel movie. Right. How many of these origin stories do we have to see? And it's literally the same origin but why, every time. Why did you think this was the same? The like, plot is. Literally, in, in a nutshell, stop bad guys from getting things too, because they'll destroy the world. So, like that—that's the plot of every Marvel movie. Well, that's like the—that's the plot. It's not the story, though. Like, I mean, you know, he's a convict. He's not a rich guy. Yeah. He's—he's he's already married, or he has already been married and has a child, and like um, the father seeking redemption. And he's not original. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, but, but 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 for Marvel it is. I mean, they haven't had a movie like this. Is that that's the standard that we're going to hold Marvel to? For Marvel, it's no, but like it's, what, it's I mean, original I, for I mean, them. Come on. I mean, it's like how many? I mean, I don't know. 
I, I don't think that like because he's seeking redemption is like makes it an unoriginal movie I think you know how many movies I think there's other things in this movie that make it original which I, are the action sequences yeah. are the, I, the whole concept right I mean yeah. he controls ants it's like you know, it's which, it's ridiculous. Which I thought was awesome. <laughs> I thought it was, it was awesome. fun. I, I love bugs. I love like I'll tell you what I thought was ridiculous was like when Anthony died. Oh my god! Like Spoilers. I thought like Spoilers. I, I didn't have I didn't have the emotional connection to that ant. Yeah. And they do well, like the slow they, fall of his wing. Like right. oh yeah, my they god. that that brings up a point is that like the huge missed opportunities in this film for comedy and for drama and like the death of Anthony, which. You know, it's funny, like, but I feel like there could have been a lot more build up to like really liking Anthony as an ant, or like show the two like, yeah, like having some form of relationship. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's an ant, but like he names it and it's got wings and he rides it around, and it gets hit by a bullet, and he goes Anthony, which was really funny. But then like you're supposed to feel sad because he just lost I think you were game. not supposed to laugh at that I think you were supposed to feel yeah, sad but, I'm definitely supposed to yeah. feel sad yeah but they didn't do a good enough they didn't do a good enough job well, making I, you sad I and I don't know how they could have done well, that well, but it's, it's weird that you guys think the movie went so slow I thought the whole movie was like rushed that was my biggest thing about it I okay. thought the whole first act was rushed like I thought every part of the first I thought like it didn't take enough time May, it that's was, what I thought I think it was it was rushed in that it was trying to get through so much and yes. so in you know the amount of time it's given but it was slow in that not much was going on because like for instance one of the scenes that was rushed was when we are we are told what ha- actually happened to so hank's yeah, wife that was the it's most rushed part rushed of the rushed 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 like i you know it's supposed to be really dramatic and i would have liked that scene later in the film even but you know, she goes subatomic, or, and, it, and or, it sets up the idea of going subatomic, or and, not right. Or I wish it didn't happen right after they had a conversation about how, it's, <laughs> oh like that was goodness. that was weird. I mean, I have three big problems in the movie. That was that was that was rushed. Mm-hmm. My other problem was um, the bad guy thing. George R. R. Martin came out and talked about how like we hate he hates when Marvel bad guys are the exact same as their hero. I hated that. I would have enjoyed more in this movie if it was like he was fighting an Anthony Mac. You know if. He's fighting a bigger guy. It would have been really more yeah. interesting to me, even though the comedic stuff in the room was really good. Yeah, that, that that's true. But my third my third big problem was that Hope doesn't get in the suit until the next movie. House that's what I can't fucking stand. Awful. Because yeah. I would have liked to see her. And not not and this is mm-hmm. not me being like, well, women characters, women characters. Just but just like it add seemed like I was like ready something. for I was ready for her to get in the suit. Like it, I, I was like you knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. It's. And like, it's it's kind of like uh, we'll, we'll we'll save this for Avengers four. You it's know? such like an like I'm sitting there and she's training him and I'm like, wait, she knows all the moves, she knows how to control the ant, she knows the suit, she knows like everything. Why the fuck are we wasting time training Paul Rudd and just send her in there? Well, like, it's because well, Paul Rudd that. was expendable. He didn't. That. Hank Pym didn't want us. You also, know, he's like stealing lose his something. daughter. That's, like he's he's. Yeah. Even, I mean, he's brought on because he can he can steal yeah. stuff. And he didn't want to lose his daughter after he lost his wife, which I understand that. And I I thought Michael Douglas was the most interesting character Definitely. in this whole movie. And, and in the comics, the original Ant Man. Yeah, Pym he is, is the yeah, original. Yeah. And and Colin, we are happy that he didn't turn into be the bad guy, right? Yes. Yeah, that, <laughs> I was actually surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, when is this going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> and he was actually really interesting, but I, in that. I thought that the movie focused too much on his story instead of 
Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. Scott Lang story. In fact, I'm going to ask you a question. What can you tell me about Paul Rudd's character? What do you mean? In terms of like, what? like describe his character other than like the fact that he was in jail, has a daughter, wants to do right by her, and is uh, a thief. He has a master's in electrical engineering. <laughs> There's the, my my issue is he, there's no arc in this movie for Paul Rudd. Yeah, I mean there's arc. I don't think you can. I, I think the the arc's easier than the motivation. Maybe I don't like, think. I mean, the I arc, understand the, the motivation, like, but I just don't think there's enough of an arc of like. There's never a point where he is just like completely like down. You know, like that all is lost moment that you have in movies. Like there really isn't that for Paul Rudd's character. Well, when he gets arrested the second time or, you know, after he gets out of jail, like that's kind of the moment where like, I guess, but that's not even, that's before the halfway point. Yeah, it's even. so early. No, that's I know. A, I mean, but I guess he's, like, he's not very, he's not a very interesting character and I didn't like, I didn't really feel the, hu- I mean, I felt the humanity in his character, but at the same time I didn't in the sense that like, I didn't learn enough about him. I didn't learn enough about like his personality, except for that he was a jokester and stuff. But I don't know. I, I there, like like I said, lots of missed opportunities to focus on and like establish a personality in this film. And I mean, Hope and Hank are the two is the best relationship in the movie, the most interesting relationship in the movie, and it's regulated to like a so typical father-daughter like relationship you get what i'm saying like you're talking about michael douglas yeah michael okay. douglas's character yeah yeah and it's so like oh i don't want to let her like die yeah but like what would have been ballsy is to have just have her do it like and have a scene where like he expresses those feelings but says i trust you i love you and like let's get this shit done but she's regulated to training him having really being, no being the inside inf- man influence yeah during the thing and then gets some lame fucking kissing scene with paul rudd out of nowhere because they have to have a woman kiss someone well, yeah, I, I, <laughs> it was kind of dumb but i appreciated I that it was it, off i appreciated that it was off screen, screen yeah like their relationship i mean because we didn't see any of what led up to that like they just opened the door and they're kissing him's like oh i guess they were falling in love during the movie i didn't know that um but i did like that and i liked paul rudd's like um you know reaction to that he's like she just started kissing me and he just starts walking away and whatnot that i mean i think i think the compelling part of paul rudd's character is supposed to be like i mean it's like I mean, he's a normal he, every guy right and, he, and, he, and then he wants i mean that's just like the he's plot he wants what's daughter. best for his yeah. daughter and he like is what he basically kills himself for her and then he obviously finds a like machina way to get out of it because it's a marvel movie but like mm-hmm. you know i mean he was like willing to, to do what he thought was gonna send him into a realm for the eternity mm-hmm. in order to save his daughter i mean that's like kind of the arc and i think kind of, like sort interstellar of, so I think, so yeah, it's right. trapped behind a bookcase. And, and I think, I think some of the arc too is like him getting over like his bitterness against people. I think that's like kind of the whole movie, right? Where he's like, yeah, he gets over like 
hating on his, his ex-wife and, and her husband and like yeah. who's and the like worst cop ever i like he was like, a bad cop but yes a good but a good character I, we were talking before we came over Colin, that i'm glad he wasn't a dick yeah. it's, it's it's fun to see a stepfather that's not a piece of yeah. shit all the time yeah. you know yeah. yeah and i i liked he was a good guy i mean he yeah he, he wanted to a, save her as he, much as paul Rudd yeah did. he wanted what was best for daughter as much as you know he did and uh i like that i like that everybody had all the good people had good intentions and they were all good people like nobody was you know there wasn't that like asshole character just to throw in there to be you know the asshole comparable to the good guy um but yeah um bobby cannavale does a good job as that so can we talk about young michael douglas how yeah, awesome that looked, was that? That looked good. That, I, that was really impressive. Yeah, I was impressed. That was that. more impressive than like Tron. That was the best special yeah. effects of the movie, actually. Yeah, I mean, but probably. <laughs> yeah, I know. But did any? But they weren't bad. Did anyone? I look, and I know I almost say this every time, but did anyone see it in 3D? I didn't. No, no I didn't. I, I've heard that this, like, I've heard people who don't like 3D, like professional critics that I read and listen to, have said that this movie in 3D is like incredible. Hmm. Like, because it, it, it's, I, I can mean, see that. You, it makes sense. It's all about. Being depth small, and size fun. and like you know that kind of stuff so you know i feel like that sink or that the bathtub scene probably looks really cool in 3d mm-hmm. the way it like you know the camera yeah. falls with him down to the i don't know i, I didn't think the special effects were bad i mean no, this I is a so, it's yeah. a cheaper marvel movie looks, than usual it looks cheap i don't how do you, I don't why do you think so. that i, I mean, don't think it looks cheap at all i think it looks yeah, good I thought the, the I thought ants, special like, and it's great. floating down the street it's just all special effects and then like you have this well, how else are you gonna shoot that i I, I know that, but it just looks like fake. And then well, you, but it's a cartoony. It's I want to know if the I want to know if the, the I, mean, I want to know if the Thomas the Tank, the big Thomas the Tank engine was real or not. I'd be interested <laughs> to see that. They built a wood. They built a giant. yeah. I don't know. I like that part though. That was hilarious. And then yeah. and, and then Avon you, Barksdale going or who was that or was it Ti? Someone went. Oh, it was the. Uh, oh wait, are we talking about where he goes? That's a messed up looking dog. Oh, that was just yeah. another. Uh, another cop his like partner um but yeah no because i thought ti was the uh the yeah hacker, yeah Avon, what's his name the, the guy who's uh yeah. julius and remember the titans yeah he was he was, he was bobby cannavale's partner what's his name oh you're right what's yeah you're right um baskin robbins always knows <laughs> <laughs> i didn't like that joke um no i I thought they like like I said the third act and the final battle it picks up it's really funny like I was laughing every like you know ten seconds like out loud like that's when the the audience in my theater was just really like into it when they're fighting and he like they they get end up in that briefcase and they're like you know he's yelling at him or they're yelling at something yeah. and Siri gets turned on it's like. Well, now playing so and so by the yeah, cure, that was fun. and then that they're was... like falling down. They land in the pool, and then you know. yeah, that was cool. I, 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 I think the fighting was really fun in this movie. I yeah. don't know. It's just it's, it's like cool. There's so much opportunity with like, mm-hmm. oh, you can just turn big and turn small really just, quickly. Just yeah. the like outside perspective of like from of the little girl like in her closet looking at the battle on the yeah. like, train set was hilarious yeah, just like was, all these little ants like running toward a little it was really good spot editing. and these little lasers shooting <laughs> I, I think that that's my favorite marvel action scene since the um, elevator scene in captain america 2 i don't know if you guys have seen that yeah, I've but seen that. that's my favorite like action scene out of this whole series and like mm-hmm. i think this is my second favorite the thomas the tank engine like train set scene was, yeah that was fun i thought it was just really cool and like 
Yeah, just it's, it's, it's such a shame that it just has to wait to the end to get to all this yeah fun, innovative have, action. I, I mean, agree. it should be a fun movie because the premise is so ridiculous. Yeah, I think it would have. You know, we all wish that we could have seen an Ant Man directed by Edgar Wright because I think with his style, I mean, there is always something going on. Like there's a a quick swish of the camera, a hard cut, a sound effect cue. Like there's just all sorts of things that are funny without there having to be like you know, a joke right. or a dialogue joke or anything. Um, and I think if Edgar Wright had directed this film, I think the entire film would have been more like that final act. Yeah. And I mean, I, I look, I mean, I would have loved to have seen Edgar Wright do this and who knows what the future will, maybe he'll do this with sequel, his relationship you know? with Marvel and stuff. Um, I hope he, I hope if they do do a sequel, I would love to see him direct it, but yeah. It's a, one of the worst Marvel bad guys I've ever seen, too. Yeah, um, definitely not. No, definitely not a developed Marvel bad guy. And they went with a cop out. Where you like know, it's, think... it's screwing with his brain. Remember that whole thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, they they mentioned it early in the movie. They're like, careful, because it can screw with your brain. But then it's like, this is just the chemicals messing with your brain, right? And then and, like, and then the audience is led to believe, well, is it or is he just a dick? I mean, yeah, I would yeah. like it more if he's just a dick. That would be yeah. more interesting than if, especially after the events. Because of... then, if the chemicals are messing with his brain, then you're like, well, someone help him. Yeah. <laughs> help like, him. oh, there he goes with the chemicals again. <laughs> yeah, and you know, since like Captain America: Winter Soldier, like and Hydra and everything, this takes place after that, correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> since after that, the you know he brings in people from Hydra to like take his technology and they're like, Oh, they're, they're, they're different doing, now. They're doing, they're doing good pretty good things, things now. That now. was kind of it's funny like, though. Cause well, what? you're like, no, they're not. No, but. they're not like, come on. And then of course that one asshole fight gets the, the pin particle and gets away. And so we're going to have to deal with that right. later. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it was just me and like my worldview, but when he's like first introducing the suit, and he does like that, like, like what it could be for the army and everything. Was anyone else watching that? And be like, this sounds like an awful idea. <laughs> like, yeah, it was an awful idea. <laughs> I mean, like, what like investor is like looking like? Oh, that could be a good idea. I mean, it's just like it's that classic <laughs> thing now where it's like, imagine, you know, imagine how many guys we sent home in Afghanistan in body bags. What if we didn't have to do that, right? <laughs> what if we had raptors that turned into ants? Yeah. <laughs> or hi, here's an idea. How about we don't go to war? <laughs> well, I, I wish I got the exact well because quote. war profiteering. That's the whole underlining thing of. Oh yeah, story. right. And Sorry. I wish I got the whole quote, but like him, like early, and he's like, "Imagine a wor- world without war." And he's like, "Here's our new war machines." I'm like, well, "Wait, I thought mean, we just said." It. And how many times have we seen this? Though yeah. I mean, it's true, though. I mean, it's the same thing we were talking about in Jurassic World, right? Where yeah. It's just like this happens all the time now yeah. in movies where they're yeah. like. You know, we have an issue. War. Yeah. How do we solve it? More weapons. It's like yeah. it's the Tony. <laughs> right. it's, it's, and that was like the funny thing about Iron Man, right? Which is that he was a dick. Like that was a character. That's character development. I mm-hmm. love that. That's why I love that movie. And you and, and you know, there will never like it's hard to replicate that. I guess, especially with this character. But whatever. Well, let's let's wrap it up. I, I'm well, curious, Colin. I mean, did, did you like this better than Age of Ultron or not? They're both awful. But which one? <laughs> I mean, but which one did you like better? Um, like what, yeah, which this one, one. Ant Man. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested to okay. hear that. Can we talk about one scene before though? Sure. The quantum realm. Yeah, you. you when gotta... he goes into the quantum realm, I loved that part. I thought it was so interesting. Like, because you're constantly shrinking. And I don't know if I should say this, 
but I'm going to because I don't care what anybody thinks. Um, <laughs> there, there was a point. There's a point in this scene, and I'm not gonna give it away because I think that uh, that scene is really cool, and I bet it will end up on YouTube at some point. Um, just given its nature, uh, I have had <laughs> I have had acid trip hallucinations that looked like that quantum realm scene um with the spinning diamonds spinning polygons and everything and i immediately thought like the visual effects supervisors on this have all done acid before <laughs> like they know exactly what they're doing here and i i was really blown away by that scene i thought that was really cool just good special effects a really interesting way to like depict like what um going subatomic would look like what inner space is that, i guess that's the term what inner space looks like and uh yeah that was cool i liked it that was cool i wonder if michael douglas's echoing voice is in everyone's like alternate realm because <laughs> <laughs> you just keep on hearing him echo and echo about it I'm like i wonder if <laughs> when i think about it, those past times i thought i heard michael douglas <laughs> yeah. no um uh, there are less pleasant voices to hear for, yeah, right. for eternity, I yeah. guess. Right. But, oh, and um, I did like that this movie, there weren't very many deaths. I like that about it. And the, although the deaths <laughs> that they did show were pretty gross. Like, the shooting of the guy and they just turned to like a little, like, loogie. Oh, like, yeah. Because no one will ask where their billion dollar investors <laughs> been. <laughs> yeah. Well, he went there, disappeared. It was weird. I, I love how the in the end when Paul Rudd rips off the guy's suit and he kind of like implodes yeah, the girls just the little kids just standing there looking I'm like that kid's gonna be fucked up she just saw a man implode yeah, and she's got a giant ant for a dog yeah. <laughs> well, that's the modern and, family yeah and the, there's like the great the great like a- action comedy bits where like they're fighting in that, that family's pool and Paul Rudd grabs the tennis the te- or the table tennis racket and just like wax, uh, wax the bad guy. What's his face? I don't remember. Uh, was yellow it jacket. yellow jacket? Wax yellow jacket, and he goes flying into the bug zapper. Yeah. Still don't know how he got out of that bug zapper. Well, he didn't go all the way in. That was the thing. He got wedged in between the little things. And then the police officers randomly find him in this backyard pool that they just found of a briefcase in, and walk into the backyard. Be like, here you guys are. Yeah. Don't mind the helicopter that just crashed. You, yeah, a those, mile away I don't know from what here. That happened to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I the action was good. Um, like I said, it I think it could have been way better. But for what it is, I mean, it's funny, it's entertaining. Um, Michael Pena is really funny in it. Those little bits where he's telling the story, and yeah, he's like, and you know, I really like abstract expressionism, but <laughs> and he's like, this has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> and they're they're you know, yeah, it was really funny. You know, lip syncing like the story, yeah, which it was, was really voice. funny. It was yeah. good. And where the hell are they living? Where they like live in a dump apartment? Yet right below them, like the rave of the century is happening. San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> During broad daylight, yeah, that, that Atlanta, apartment. Atlanta for San Francisco. Yeah, that apartment is constantly bumping. Great place. All right, well, that's Ant Man. Um, I liked it. I recommend it. I mean, if yeah. you if you want a fun movie right now, I would go see that. I mean, yeah. I liked it. And I, as much as I was raving Jurassic World when we, when we did this thing, I think it's more fun than that to me. I, oh, I liked yeah. it a lot. It was fun so. to see Paul Rudd as a badass too. Not like. He wasn't just like, oh, I'm sarcastic and I like Rush. Like he was like, 
<laughs> he, he was like a really I'm sarcastic. I like rush and I'll punch you and in the I'll face. And I'll kick your ass with yeah. my with my abs of steel. Yeah. Um recommend it or no? No, I would recommend right. it. Then Colin doesn't. No. One of the bottom three Marvel movies of all time. Oh, come on. Um, Worse than Thor 2? No. It was the only one I haven't seen. <laughs> Thor, Thor 2, worst. Avengers Age of Ultron, second worst. Ant-Man, third worst. Iron Man 2 is pretty awful. Iron Man 2 oh, is Oh, yeah, that is bad. That's awful. Anyways, we end, up, we end every show with um, video-on-demand recommendations, be it Netflix, Amazon, HBO Go, or otherwise. Oh. Um... Um, I uh, I'm gonna go first. Okay, <laughs> you guys go are like ahead. colluding in front of me. Well, we we, we both saw Amy. We kind of mentioned it last week, but uh, I don't know if we want to do a quick quick talk about it or do you have anything to say about Amy? Oh, Colin? I have lots to say about Amy. Well, keep it brief. <laughs> <laughs> keep it brief. It's a documentary. I, also, it's the four uh, sad four year anniversary yeah. today of uh, Amy Winehouse's death. So yeah, no, I think it, I thought it was a. Uh, really powerful very well paced i loved how they wasn't just a bunch of talking heads talking about her it was, it was actual all, video yeah which i didn't know that many people documented their lives like yeah. that <laughs> oh my yeah. god and um tragic i mean just and what what i liked most about it was yeah of course you know where it's what it's happening mm-hmm. and where it's going but in the beginning and like the you know except for the last act of the movie really it's praising her so much and it really is a testament to her songwriting ability her drive as a entertainer mm-hmm. and um there's just so many moments in the movie where something happens you're like oh i wonder if this didn't happen would we still be with her yeah if this didn't happen if this person did this would she still be here um, yeah but, you know, that's the way of an artist. I it, mean, it's an extremely frustrating movie seeing all the people around her that um, just shouldn't be around her. Mm. Her father in general. I mean, her father, he I'd say he is one of the main people to blame for her death. Mm-hmm. And same with B- Blake, her um, her ex-boyfriend or whatever. And, you know, the people who were there at the end to, like, really support her, her friends from when they were child, their childhood friends, her body, her new bodyguard, mm-hmm. music producers, they tried so hard to save her. And you had just these, like, leeches, like her father, record companies, just all these people just, tr- like, ruining her life. Mm-hmm. And it's super sad. Um, but given the way that, she basically destroyed her body in those years. Like it was inevitable. Yeah. Just one drink would kill her, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So, but I, yeah, we highly recommend oh, seeing it. It's, it's one of the best documentaries I've seen since, well, Going Clear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the best documentaries and one of the greatest insights to entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you get the, it's not often you get a documentary about a celebrity or a singer that is this well done yeah because she's like the butt of jokes which is like so hard it's so sad when you watch the documentary because you're like oh my god like yeah you look back and, uh, and at the time you're like thinking like oh that was like a funny joke like yeah, you would she's hear, a mess you would hear <laughs> these jokes all the time but it's like 
whoa, that's awful that we're saying this stuff about yeah. someone who desperately needs help. Yeah, desperately needs help, and nobody wants to stand up to her and mm-hmm. say, no, you're not doing that. You're doing it this way. And, yeah, and that's all she needed, but she mm-hmm. never got it. So if you know anybody who is an addict, uh, help them, support them, because <laughs> they don't like to listen to reason. Sometimes they need to be smacked. But, uh, yeah, great great film. Mm-hmm. It really is. I did not see Amy. Boo. You two also didn't see Trainwreck, which I saw, because I thought we were seeing two movies this week. <laughs> no, no. One movie. Um, all right. Anyways, let's get to uh, video on demand recommendations um, real quick. Um, I'm going to go first. I uh, started the show a while ago, and I, I just started binge watching it again this week. I watched like six episodes. It's called Death Note. Um, it's a uh, an anime show that's really awesome, and I like can't stop watching it now. It's like anime's different like there's it's like it's all about exposition kind of thing it's very strange in that way but like you can accept it it's not bad because of that and they just do it it's just such a smart show it's like an incredibly each episode like i think it's it's it always seems like it's gonna wrap itself up and it doesn't it just like keeps going in a good in a good way like oh my god there's another level to this like thing i thought i knew what the story was gonna be like and now it's this so it's a really cool story about a guy who gets a notebook a uh, high school student gets a notebook that he writes names in. If he if he knows the name of a person on a face that belongs to, he can predict their death and he can kill them whenever he wants and stuff. And he gets kind of power hungry because of it. It's very interesting and gruesome. Mm-hmm. And Japanese um, imagination is just it's, it exceeds American television in a lot of ways. So that's my recommendation. It's on Netflix. Nice. Um, <clears throat> I guess I'll go. Uh, I will recommend on Netflix a new documentary that just came out. A uh, new documentary that just came out called Tig. It's a documentary about a um, comedian who is still working and still uh, very funny named Tig Notaro. And you probably heard of her or seen her stand up or you recognize her if you saw her. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, it's about a period of her life in like 2012, 2013, where her, like, in the span of like, two to three months her mom died tragically she slipped and hit her head um she developed pneumonia and through that contracted a deadly illness called c diff which is a um like flesh-eating bacteria in your intestine so she almost died and then like a month later she was diagnosed with breast cancer and had a double mastectomy and she is famous for you know completely embracing that and she did a, um, I, you can find it. She did a set about her cancer um, that's very, very funny. And she also did a set with her shirt off after her double mastectomy mm. just to like show her scars and just be like, this is it. And did her entire set with her shirt off. Like, I, I she's a great, she's a great woman and she is uh, engaged to marry her girlfriend and they're trying to have kids and just, very inspiring person and very funny person. So I would definitely recommend that documentary. Sweet. Yeah, cool. got to check that out. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm going with um, a French movie that came out a few years ago called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, uh, directed by Julian Schnabel. It's a true story of a fashion photographer for Vogue um, who had a stroke and left him 
completely paralyzed um, with something called locked in syndrome. And um, Hmm. he ended up writing a book just by blinking and um, a doctor would go through the alphabet and he would stop, they would stop (laughs) on a letter and would blink and he wrote a whole book about it. Oh Um, my God. (laughs) Pretty incredible. But (laughs) I mean, the story is incredible, but um, the way that this movie is shot is absolutely breathtaking, innovative. It's, the first half of it shot from his POV and you would get blinking and lens flares and really, really unique stuff. People like just looking right into the camera because it's literally his point of view. Um, hmm. And then about like at the halfway point, we go out of out of his body. Um, it's a really great movie. It's a huge achievement in directing and physical performance from Matthew Almanique. And it's um, definitely one to check out. Um, inspirational heartbreaking and just genius filmmaking cool cool that's on netflix Mm -hmm. interesting so much to catch up on um cool that does it for us this week um there's a lot going coming out so we have to figure out what we're gonna watch next week but um we'll be back here to discuss another film Um, in the meantime uh you can uh, hit us up on twitter at woodwards det or Shoot us an email at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you people. I know you're listening. I see you there. Downloading and clicking. Uh, send us your opinions on these things. We'd love to. We'll, we'll read your your uh, your opinions on, on movies such as Ant-Man and Love and Mercy and Inside Out and all the stuff that we've uh, reviewed. Um, until next week, um, for uh, Colin and Mitch, I'm Kale. Uh, see you next week. Okay. Bye, guys. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production, your Detroit Avenue to alternative pop culture talk. What the hell is going on?